This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Episode 18 of BLT Bets here at the Nation Network. Your rem truck bag milk. No Liam this week. Zach Lang's sliding in, but he's a big, you're a big NFL guy, Zach Lang. So this lines up really nicely with when we're doing this pod. Very big NFL guy. So I'm fired right up. Yeah. Um, week one of the NFL season is behind us. We are going to chat about that. We're also going to be talking a little uh, preemptive NHL awards with the uh, regular season, almost exactly a month of way in, uh, in NHL. And I might throw a uh, old bag milk, a little F1 question as well. Um, <laughs> But let's start with week one of the NFL season. I'm livid. It generally went very poorly for me. I'm in a survivor pool. I do it every year. I'm usually safe until about week six. I do like an hour to two hours of prep looking over all the schedules before the year. I build out a big ass spreadsheet. And then I have all my picks lined up for 10, 11 weeks. And I lost in week one because I picked the Broncos against the Seahawks. Um, So that was my really bad beat from week one. I was also heavily invested in the Cincinnati Bengals. But Zach, I'll ask you this first because you're the one who would have bet the most heavily on NFL week one. Um, Did you find it hard to predict or did you do all right? Uh, I did okay, actually. I I ended up breaking even on the weekend. Uh, The one nice hit for me, though, was the Giants on the money line. Uh, I took them a plus 200. That one was pretty tasty. Uh, And then, of course, my Chicago Bears had a beautiful cover of plus six and a half, too. Could have just taken them outright and won that one. Um, But yeah, I really liked that line. Overall, I was fairly happy. I mean, the Monday night game I got blown up on, which was frustrating. Uh, Didn't really expect the Broncos to come out so flat. And then some really strange coaching decisions at the end of the game there um but what can you do that's that's uh that's betting i guess right yeah um i had a i had another really frustrating moment like good on you for hitting on the giants um the Titans were one of the teams I looked at in my survivor pool. And then I was like, I don't, I don't trust them quite as much as maybe I would have in years past, but the giants, that's a nice hit. My big underdog that I really believed in was the Falcons. I know electronic Jordan tweeted Liam and I after our last podcast, when Liam 
gave his favorite bets. I gave two of my favorite bets were the Cardinals win total going over and the Saints going under because I do not believe in the Saints. I'm officially a Saints hater this season um, and I bet on the Falcons to beat them, damn it. And it looked great for a little bit. I could have cashed out my bet at more than 2x what I put on it. And I was like, nah, nah, like they're up, they're comfortable, fuck the Saints, that kind of vibe. And then, of course, it doesn't end up hitting. So that's the one that really burned me. Um, but the cash out option is, uh, it was there for me and it was tantalizing. But are you a cash out guy? Like, if you look at your bet and you're like, all right, like we're getting close here, I'm just going to take the money and run. Not usually, no. I, I usually like to let it ride. I mean, there's there's times where I will, and it kind of depends on how the game feels like it's going to. Uh, most of the time, I like to just kind of let it ride, though. I'm, I'm not betting large enough amounts of money where a cash out is like super promising for me. Like if I was like a hundred dollar better then maybe I would cash out a little bit more, but I'm a pretty small stakes guy. So I kind of stay away from that. What about you though, Tyler? Do you cash out much? So yet yesterday I was just cash out happy because for some reason I had a weird feeling about the Jays. Um, and also sometimes I feel like there can be a little bit of strategy in cashing out. I know you're really not supposed to because it's basically just giving back a little bit of your winnings to the books. But yesterday I had Jays minus a run and a half, 50 bucks on it, paid out 94. And heading into that last inning, they yank Romano and they put in Zach Pop because they're up by five. Okay, my win would have been $94, Jays minus run and a half. The cash out was $92.50. I was like, I'm not even... That's an easy cash out. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I know like the general thinking is like cashing out's just giving money back to the books. But like, no, I'm just going to take my money and not have my night ruined by like a shitty three-run home run by the Rays or something like that. Yeah, yeah like if, if your cash out is that close to the win, yeah. then you take the cash out. Yeah, it was uh, it was an easy one. But what I did earlier in the day, I had the Jays over ten and a half hits, and it paid out like pretty nice. Um, and they only had seven hits through seven inning or through six innings. And I was like, okay, they have this, or sorry, they had a big seven, so they just had the eighth left to hit, and I could cash it out for like a three dollar loss. And I was like. They're probably not rattling off four hits in their last AB. I'm going to cash it out for the $3 loss. I was actually surprised they gave it to me at that price. And all I did is I took it out and then I went and bet the money I cashed out on the Jays to finish with more hits than the Rays. And that ended up hitting. So again, I feel like there's, and this is a big thing in in NBA betting, I believe. Um, But you can be, if you're like sitting there staring at your book throughout the game, you can actually get some pretty intriguing cash out options. But my favorite part since you brought up NFL, like the start of the NFL yep. season is that the books having the free bets on uh, certain games right now. So I talked about this last podcast where I like watching the NFL, but I'm not as heavily invested in it as you guys are. However, I still had a very nice opening weekend. Really? You're a bit, you love betting on the chiefs. That's the one thing I've learned about you. You, you like the chalk. I did. I did bet on the Chiefs to beat the Cardinals because I was just our pick'em from the real life podcast. Hit that one, but on a couple of my free bets, I also hit them with the Bills against LA. Cooper Cup receiving over eighty nine point five yards. Boom, nailed it. Mike Evans over sixty six point five in the Tampa game versus the Cowboys. Hit that one as well. So a couple of free bets, no risk. Put twenty five bones down. They're guaranteeing my money. Why not? And then when you hit him, it feels real good. Gave it all back during the Jays games the uh, uh, yesterday, but that's fine. You know, way she goes. 
That was the way of the road, man. That, there she goes, man. I uh, I was getting juicy yesterday on the Jays game. I was I was feeling it. I felt like yesterday was the day in the doubleheader that Vladdy was due for a home run. So in game two, I had him parlayed a Vladdy home run with a bow hit. That was plus 600. I'm like, I'm going fishing here, baby. I'm going to hit this. And then didn't happen ultimately. But you know what? Where she goes. I've been on the Vladdy train recently too, just from the perspective of like, oh, he's due for one. Like eventually he's going to hit a dinger, but it has been mm-hmm. a hot minute since Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had a home run. Like it's like one in his last 24 or something, isn't it? Yeah. It's something crazy like that. Um, In his what? last, in his last 15 games, he has one home run in his last 30 games. He has four. Um, So I, he's probably due to heat up, but the thing is, especially when it comes to like betting on dingers, if you're in the hole by a few, one home run like isn't even really going to save you. Like you almost need him to go on a bow-esque heater where you're betting him consistently. Well, that's why I coupled it with a bow hit on that, mm-hmm. that in-game, that same game parlay because bow is hot as a pistol right now. So I figured that one was a lock, which ultimately it was. I just didn't get that. I just didn't get the home run part of it. I also had a second parlay where I went even juicier than that, where I tacked on the Jays win combined with a, a Vladdy home run and a bow hit. I know again, I was just, I was just missing that little, that little piece in the middle. You I, wanted it. eh? I really wanted it, man. It was plus seven fifty. I was feeling good. The first game of the double header didn't go our way. Second one. I'm like, let's line them up. Let's go. The big man's on the mound. I'm ready. Jay's taking on the Rays again tonight. The wild thing is like, I'm looking at the odds right now for night. The books almost aren't even really adjusting themselves to Bo's heater, which is crazy. Like you look at the numbers and he's still for him to go over one and a half bases is still even money. There's no way that that should be even money right now. Cause he's doing it every single night. And Bo, Bo to hit a dinger is plus five fifty tonight. Chapman is plus 340 for some reason. Riddle me that. Teoscar, then Springer, then Vladdy, then Bo. He's fifth on the Jays. He's the only one who can hit right now outside of the seventh inning last night. But I can't believe that. I feel like you would appreciate that just as you were talking about it. I found the Bo Bichette over one and a half bases and just popped a $25 free bet on it. I'm with you. How can you yeah, not you feel about that? that? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I dig yeah. that. Yeah, he's been on a tear. And it's going to be interesting to see if a guy like George Springer can heat up too. Because he's another guy who's been pretty quiet as of late. He had his first home run last night since August 28th, which is almost hard to believe when you're talking about George Springer. But, you know, he's been a bit banged up. But hopefully this team can keep clicking here at the right time and kind of carry this into the playoffs. Bag milk, you know what my he betting habits monster, are like. Monster dong last night. Yeah. You know what my betting habits are like when I'm out on the road, right? Um, So this is my weekend coming up. Friday morning, fly to Toronto. Friday night, Jays game. Saturday afternoon, Jays game. Sunday afternoon, Jays game. Drive to Buffalo on Monday for the Monday nighter between the Titans and Bills. Um, This is either going to be the best betting weekend of my life, and I will make a mortgage payment off the way these four games go, or things are going to go very poorly, and it will be one expensive vacation. See, I like that you're doing this because you did not learn your lesson when we were in Toronto a month ago. You just did not learn yeah. the lesson. I mean, what are the odds? So I'm catching three more Jays games. <laughs> what are the odds they go like one in five with me in attendance, right? Like they probably do. 
<laughs> I always do. They're always do. I think I'm going to get a Manoa start in there too. So like, that's an easy one. He he'll know I'm there. He'll want to get six strikeouts. He is the big man. He's unbelievable. The fact that he like almost went to the hospital overnight because he was so sick and then was like, you know what? I'm just going to go pitch like a hand. What do you go? Six, seven innings. Yeah, went like 6.2, I think. Six and two thirds. That's wild. Zach had a good tweet where it's just like, you got to avoid that, that gas station sushi. You know, it looks good in the moment, but middle of the night, you'll pay for it. Yeah. No kidding. That was crazy. I was surprised he was even able to come out and play. It's uh, it's his Jordan flu game. Did you guys see his Instagram post from last night after the game? <laughs> no, I know. He literally posted like the photo from the Jordan flu game. And had like a caption <laughs> on there or something like that. Like, I was like, ah, I like that. Um, going back to our Bo Bichette over one and a half bases, he's hit that three in a row, five of his last six, seven, eight of his last 10. That is wild. Eight of his last nice. 10, and we're getting plus money on that. My This is my first season, like really betting and paying attention to the Jays and bitches baseball at large. And it's been interesting for me this as the year's gone on now we're in September and what is there like 30 games left? Something like that. Yeah. Less. Um, just how a guy like Bichette can go from ice cold to now that there's just, there's nothing he won't hit right now. Yeah. Like even the home runs he's hitting right now are just like, barely at the knees or he's just kind of swinging at curveballs and he's popping them out. So I really like this over one and a half bases at plus 100. I really like it. Yeah. I'm all over that one. And based on how it usually goes on this podcast, when we really like something, he's going to go over four with a sack fly. Yep. Yep. And that last time I was this confident about a Jay's bet on this podcast, I believe Matt Chapman struck out four times in that game. So, you know, way she goes. Did you know you can bet on Alejandro Kirk to not get a stolen base in a game? <laughs> what are the odds on it? <laughs> minus minus two fifty. Minus ten thousand. Ah. There you go. So ah, if you were to disrespectful. put if you were to put a hundred dollars on it, you would profit Uno dollar. Basically, listen, it could be like a free coffee though, right? When you think about it. Listen, watching him go from first to home yesterday, I don't know how that's minus ten thousand. That's just disrespectful. <laughs> Oh man, so much fun. Like that's my favorite thing in baseball right now. I think is watching Alejandro Kirk run the bases. It's just the funniest thing. I like Vladdy in the dugout afterwards, like fanning him off with the towel yeah. too. I'm like, Oh man, this team, they just know how to play into that sort of stuff. It's oh. absolute magic. And then the best part about it too, Zach is Vladdy's fanning him off in the dugout. And then you're just cruising Twitter and out come the still images from all over Twitter of him running with various faces from last night's game or from previous games. It's the best. I mean, minus 10,000 disrespectful. I made a tweet uh, like last year at some point about, uh, it was like a photo of Kirk running the bases and it's like, this is the ideal male body. You may not like it, but this is what peak performance looks like. And every time he's it. running the bases, I retweet it just cause it's so funny. I love it. Uh, just while, before we get back to the NFL talk, Ross Stripling going tonight for the blue Jays against, uh, against the Tampa Bay Rays. This is not a juicy spot, but it is one that I think I am going to hammer. It's only paying minus minus one seventy five, but it's Ross Stripling over three and a half K's. Um, mm. He's hit this in one, two, three, four, five, six consecutive starts. 
and uh, six consecutive starts in eight of his last 10. So minus 175, it's not juicy, but you know, maybe you just pair that up with something like Ross stripling over three and a half Ks and Bobachet just to get a hit would probably bring you in at like plus 105. So that's not a terrible spot either. I just put that together actually. Yeah. Uh, well, I did a, a little bet builder here. Uh, three plus Ks plus a Bobachet hit is a minus 133. If you tack on a little Vladdy hit in there, you got plus 138. Not bad. Wait, okay, wait. Can you just, since you have it open, take out Vladdy yes. and put stripling up to four plus Ks? You betcha. One moment, please. Very intriguing. Just do uh, do a little vamping while you're while we're chatting here, Tyler. Uh, so there. Okay, so we got four Ks for Stripling, and then what did you want? A bow hit? Yeah, just a little bow shot hit. A little bow shot. A little bow hit in there. Why not? That'll give you a tasty little plus one twenty five. Yeah, I'm all over that. Um, that's four. So that's over three and a half Ks for Stripling, four plus, um, and then a hit for Bobachet. Plus 125. Yep. Yeah, I'm all over that. Plus 125. Give me that all day long, boys. Um, all right. Okay. Circling back to the NFL. Uh, I need a big bounce back weekend because, again, week one did not go great for me. Um, it was honestly, though, like, and I guess it's the start of the NFL season. So, like, that's something to keep in mind, Zach. But there weren't like any huge spread games. Like, the biggest favorite was seven and a half points, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. There wasn't a lot on the spread. Um, it was a little weird to see some of those lines and looking ahead to this week, man, there is not a lot that I like on the books. Everything is really, really tight in the spreads. Like we've got some minus one and a half. The biggest spread is plus 10 and a half. Uh, the Falcons against the Rams. Yeah. Uh, my bears are being disrespected at plus 10 against the Packers on Sunday night football. So I'll be all over that one. Cause I do not think the Packers are a good team this year. Yeah, there are a total of, I think, six games that are eight points or bigger on the spread. It's uh, Bills, 10 point favorites against the Titans, Packers, 10 points, 10 point favorites against the Bears, Broncos, 10 point favorites against the Texans. Uh, I mean, after we saw I get that they fumbled on the goal line a couple of times and they screwed me in my survivor pool. So maybe I'm just a little bit pissed at them. But I feel like the Texans are getting a little disrespected there. Ten at plus 10 points. Like, I don't know. It might be Davis Mills season. Davis Mills has been surprisingly good since he stepped in last year. It's been one of those guys that I'm really surprised about because he was like a fifth round draft pick. There was absolutely nothing to him. You know, guys being taken that late in NFL drafts as quarterbacks here, you're lucky to be a, a backup quarterback for a few seasons in the league, but man, he's really taken the reins there in the post Desh uh, Deshaun Watson era. And he's really kind of run with it. I mean, tying up the Colts last week, that's pretty solid because I think the Colts are a really, really good team this year. Um, you know, especially offensively with Matt Ryan there. I like a lot of what they're going to be doing. So yeah, that's a little bit of a surprise to say the least. Seahawks eight and a half point dogs against the Niners as well. It's in San Francisco granted, but again, it's a Seahawks team that kept things close and you don't want to overreact too much to week one. Cause I do think like at some point the Seahawks will start playing bad football. I don't think Geno Smith's going to be a starting caliber QB for 17 games this season. Although I think you could maybe get one more good week out of them. So I don't hate them at plus eight and a half there. Um, Rams, like you said, minus 10 and a half against the Falcons. And that's it for games that are you'd consider big spreads of more than a touchdown. Um, one underdog this week that I don't totally hate, though, is the New York Jets plus 217 on the money line against the Cleveland Browns. I think that could be a little bit of a sneaky spot there. It's in Cleveland, granted, um, but. I don't know. The, the Jets had a tough first week against the Ravens. The Browns had an easy 
ish first week against the Carolina Panthers, even though I liked the Carolina Panthers in that game. Um, I don't know. I think the Jets at plus 210 might be an interesting spot. Tyler, did you know that Joe Flacco against the Ravens last week threw the ball 59 times? Oh my God. He had 59 <laughs> pass attempts. He had 307 yards, touchdown, and a pick. They are not running the ball a lot. They only had 17 rush attempts last week. Michael Carter catching a lot of balls out of the backfield. I like that spot a lot too. And against a Browns team that I'm not high on at all this year, um, I think they're really going to struggle even when Watson gets back in action uh, after that six game suspension. Uh, I'm all over the Jets on the money line dog this week, man. So. We're at the 20 minute mark of the pod here. And I want to flip this conversation a different way with you, Zach, for uh, for week two in the NFL. Joe Flacco, despite only throwing one touchdown, still almost put up 20 DraftKings points. Is, yeah, is Joe Flacco an option in DFS in week two, considering he's almost min priced for a quarterback? He's 51. Mm hmm. You could pair him up with Elijah Moore, who the biggest games of Elijah Moore's career have come with Joe Flacco under center and Elijah Moore's only 5,000 as well. And he almost got to double digits last week. I think there might be a little bit of a sneaky New York jets stack in week two of the NFL season. Yeah. He was playing to me this Tyler boys. I'm sorry to cut you off. You're talking a little DK. Now I need to know some strategies for NFL because I have yet to play any DK for NFL, but I think I want to dip my toe in a little bit this weekend. So like, what are some basic strategies if you're going to start, doing DK for the NFL. I'll let you go first. So I think, yeah. So I think there's a couple ways you can look at it. I think first of all, what you want to do in DraftKings is try and identify the high scoring games. So you're looking for games that are probably going to be a little bit tighter on the spread and have a higher over under total. And then you also want to look for the teams that have the higher implied total on their own. So you look at a team uh, like the, geez, let's see, probably the, the Buccaneers. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. Uh, let me just see really quickly, but let's take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quickly. Uh, they're a team that usually does pretty well offensively. They've got a great quarterback in Tom Brady. They're two and a half point favorites over the Saints over under of 44. And I cannot seem to find their implied team total right now, but essentially what you want to do is you want to take your quarterback for, let's say here, Tom Brady, and then you want at least two of his pass catchers as well. So you can take Tom Brady and then wide receivers, Mike Evans and Julio Jones. Now on the other side of the ball, you want to get somebody from the opposing team who projects to be one of their top pass catchers as well. Cause essentially what you're trying to build is an environment where you want the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the new Orleans saints to have a shootout of the game. So you want a game that's going to be really high scoring. And if Tampa Bay's out there throwing touchdowns and Mike Evans catches one and Julio Jones catches one, for example, uh, the new Orleans saints in response, they're going to be throwing the ball as well and trying to create as much offense as possible. So that's kind of the main idea of what you want to focus on, uh, especially for DraftKings, where you have bonuses in play for quarterbacks to throw over 300 pass yards. You have bonuses in play for hundred rush yards and hundred receiving yards as well for players. You always want to kind of try and identify the guys who are going to have the highest ceiling. Um, you always kind of want to go with running backs who have that pass catching ability uh, and kind of go from there. Yeah. So basically, like yeah, 
if you're and there's different strategies for different kinds of contests like you're familiar with there's the contest with big upsides right a gpp where the top prize is like two hundred thousand dollars and then whatever the top 10 percent get paid out and then there's double ups too right where it's just more or less 50 percent of the field doubles their money the other 50 percent loses it when you're in a gpp which is again a high prize for the top you kind of do almost just have to invest in the one game like zach said and build up a big stack which is the qb two of his pass catchers. So a wide receiver, or a tight end rare instances, I guess with like a Jonathan Taylor. We talked about that at the office, Zach, where he almost works in a stack with Matt Ryan, where usually a running back wouldn't. Um, and then you want that bring back option. So someone from the other team, and then there's kind of, you want to build almost a secondary stack, which is one or two players from a team that you think is going to win pretty easily. And then I, I usually like to go with that defense as well. So like for me, I think the Bengals are the best defense on the slate this week. Um, I know yeah. they lost to Pittsburgh, but they lost because Joe Burrow kept throwing picks, not because their defense was like horrible by any stretch. And they're playing a Dallas team that has to go with Cooper rush under center because Dak Prescott's hurt. So I love Cincy and I like going with actually, I think Cincy could win pretty handedly. So I'm going Cincy and Joe Mixon as kind of my secondary stack there. And I might even try squeeze Jamar chase in, but I'm in on the New York Jets sack. I just, while you were explaining all that to bag milk, the Joe Flacco with Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, his two best wide receivers, you bring it back with Donovan Peoples Jones, who was targeted 11 times last week, but is only 44,000. That gives you, once you go with the Bengals D and Joe Mixon, again, Joe Mixon, high end running back, you have tight end running back and a flex that you can average $7,000 a spot on. Yeah, that's insane. Like that just gives you so much ceiling and so much upside to play the guys like Jonathan Taylor, McCaffrey, Barkley, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift. It opens you up to the Cooper Cups and the, the Devontae Adams. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to be building one of those. My sneaky stack I built last week, I was all over the Indianapolis Colts as we kind of talked about. And I'm going to be running that back again this week. So I'll have Matt Ryan, then I'll have Jonathan Taylor and, and Michael Pittman as the two pass catchers. Christian Kirk is the bring back. Then for a little sneaky secondary stack, I'm actually going with DeAndre Swift and Johan Dotson uh, from Detroit and Washington, and then filling it out with a couple of other bodies. But that's kind of the the general concept of what you want to go with there, uh, Bag Milk, is, is kind of trying to build around those offenses that you think have the chance to kind of hit. And for myself, I've actually changed my strategy of the contests that I'm entering this year as well. So what I'm doing is I'm entering 100-person tournaments, uh, single-entry lineups. And what it does is it helps to kind of shrink down the playing field for you and give you a better chance at, at having a chance to actually cash in these tournaments and, and make a little bit of money. So, and that's sort of a strategy that kind of goes with almost any kind of uh, DraftKings builds for any sport, really. So the Coles Notes version of our basic DraftKings advice from some very amateur DraftKings players is take a quarterback, take two guys who are going to catch the ball from his team, take someone from the other team, fill out the rest of your roster from there. And as long as you have that sort of base stack, you're going to give yourself at least a chance to finish in the money based on the way things go. Um, but DraftKings is like, I love straight up betting on the NFL. I love everything about the NFL, but DK daily fantasy, whether you played on FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever, that is uh, it's undefeated playing that it's the best way to do DFS. It's what it's created for. All right. Where else do we have to go? Oh, uh, bag milk. I wanted to ask you about uh, a little bit of F1 as well. Um, what's going on there? Verstappen still just rolling over everybody. No pun. He murders everyone. If he finishes the race, there's a very good chance that he's going to win. So 
last week was weird because there was a bunch of grid penalties and I didn't do any bets on F1 because I just, the field was so mixed up that I didn't know how it was going to play out. I wish I did because on the first lap, Max moved from seventh place up into the podium positions, like immediately within two seconds and ultimately won the race. So a little bit of remorse there from not just taking the easy bet, which is generally betting on Max Verstappen to win. Um, but in terms of F1, we got nothing until Singapore on October 2nd. There was a Russian GP that was supposed to happen that has since been canceled. So nothing until October 2nd. But when F1 resumes in a couple of weeks here, I was going to go back to betting on Max. It's boring, but you take the free money ultimately. It was like minus 170 on the last race, right? Because we talked about it on the pod and then he just goes out and win. Like you said, wins easily. He finishes the race, he wins. So I'm not a big F1 guy, but I am a big look at the sports book night before. Take Max Verstappen. Good to go. <laughs> it's it's like, uh, like I said, if he's finishing the race, there's a pretty good chance he has won the race. The constructor, which is basically like the top driver of the championship, is basically his this year. And it's if he wins in Singapore coming up in October 2nd, it's basically his by default, no matter what happens for the rest of the season. So betting on Max, a little boring, but ultimately a successful strategy. Fair enough. All right, uh, let's wrap up the pod here. I'm thinking instead of building a sandwich like we usually do, why don't we all just chip in one leg of a Blue Jays same game parlay? Ooh. Fire up the same game parlay builder over with our friends at Points Bet Canada. Uh, I'll get this started. I outlined my thinking for it. I think it's a no-brainer. It's Ross Stripling, four plus Ks in this ball game. I mean, the Rays don't whatever strike out a ton. They're a solid team, but I think Stripling is going to go six at six innings because he does that pretty much automatically. If he goes six innings, you're recording eighteen outs. You're probably getting four Ks. He's done it in eight of his last ten. Um, so Stripling four plus Ks is my pick. Uh, Bag milk. You want to go next? I'm going to keep this one. Uh, I'm going to do a more conservative leg of the bet builder here. Okay. I'm going to do Matt Chapman over a half base at minus 175. Fair enough. Uh, you add that in there. We're already at a plus 175 payout with Stripling and Chapman. Zach Lang, you're batting third in this order. Who are you throwing in? Yeah, the, I'm going to go with another one that's a little on the safer side. The Jays have an implied team total of over three and a half. So let's tease that down to over two and a half. Uh, they're up against Drew Rasmussen, who has given them some problems in the past. But this is a Jays team that's rolling right now. And we saw last night what can happen at any point during the game, especially when they uh, get the starter out of there. So let's go with over two and a half and see if the Jays can hit three here tonight. Jays over two and a half, which could happen on one swing of the bat. Matt Chapman, mm -hmm. one plus total bases or over half a total base. Ross Stripling to go over three and a half Ks. That pays out a rather juicy plus 260. You like that. I like that. You like that. I like that a lot. All right, uh, gents. This Chances was a lot are, of fun. Like, normally when we do these, the we build the sandwich or the parlay at the end of the podcast, we go, we go chasing the dragon a little bit. So I like that we kind of slowed it down here on this Jay's parlay. I believe this will be our first dub. I'm, I'm very confident in this one. I'm all over it. I'm feeling good about this one too. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for episode 18 of BLT Bets. Shout out to our boy, Liam. Excited for him to be back in the mix when he gets back. Um, but until then... Happy betting. Enjoy week two of the NFL season, everybody. And we'll chat with you in a few weeks. Peace and love. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.